Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to the Early Edge powered by Sportsline. I'm your host, Alan Bell. And you know what? We are starting off today with everyone on the screen because it's a nice Sunday brunch. And you know what? We want to get after it and we want to do it together as a team. Before we break all this down, let's take a look at how we did yesterday. And look, not bad. I mean, kind of even here. Um, you know, the Yankees, that was a tough one. Uh, Bulba came through. Rockies, nice job there. Mike, it was a brutal one, man. In the Astros Nationals there. And Gobbis, look, I feel horrible for my man. He had fired two straight winners going into Ratchet. Ratchet was minus 500, takes a step, knee completely explodes. Call the fight. It's over. That was brutal. Gobbis was about to hit a second straight perfect weekend. Side place here. Hurricanes money line comes through. Maple Leafs, oh, again. Brutal one for Toronto fans there. The AB3 does not come through. The Reds and Pirates, that's what got us. Everything else was solid. Now, I do want to make sure that we take a look here on our futures play here. Bowman's already hit one with the Hurricane Series win going for the Rangers today at home against the Penguins. Maestro can come through if the Celtics win today. And then you see Zach Attack. He's got the Celtics uh, to win the East. We'll have to wait just a little bit on that one. But it's enough of that. Let's get back to our guys. Michael Roberts, look at Sharp as always, sir. How are we doing? Doing excellent, man. Ready to go. Ready for some NBA action. Uh, two pretty big Game 7s, so looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Today's going to be an awesome day. We've got Game 7s in the NBA, Game 7s in the NHL. Ip Squared, I know you're fired up about it. How are we doing, man? Definitely fired up about it. You got the Game 7s. You got a nice NASCAR race in Kansas here. Love the intermediate tracks. Uh, it's just going to be a great day. Let's do it. Yeah, it really is. Johnny B., how are we doing, sir? Yeah, we're doing good. Uh, we've got an 11.35 game this morning, so be aware of that. Um, also, just got to say, I feel so sorry for all the Maple Leafs fans out there. That is absolutely brutal. Five years in a row, five opening round elimination games, uh, losses. It's it's just brutal. It's brutal. When was the last time that they won a series? 2004? Was that the state? They haven't the done it with Austin. Austin Matthews has yet to win a playoff series. It's crazy, man. And you're right. I mean, they're such a good team, too. Now, you know, don't get me wrong. We're not taking anything away from the Tampa Bay Lightning. That is a monster, you know, NHL team. But yeah, Maple Leafs fans, it's tough, man. It's real tough. All right. Let's get into the storylines and affect the betting lines for today. And M Squared, coming to you, man. MLB weather. What are we looking at? Yeah, I don't play a lot on uh, Sundays, but do want to share the weather data for some of you that do. Uh, in this Padres-Atlanta Braves game, the early game of the day, actually a slight negative four hitters around 10% in overall run scoring to the negative side. And then the games that have the increases, Houston and Washington, 10% today. Seattle, New York Mets, we got about a 20% increase on overall home runs, 10% overall run scoring. Definitely a boost for this time of year. And then Los Angeles Angels, and Oakland, uh, huge sample size on this one and still plus 10% across the board on projected run scoring here. It is kind of unusual conditions there for this time of year. 
Well, that's a good thing to take note of, you know, in M squared, you were just talking about NASCAR and Micah, I want to come to you. What are we looking at, man? In Kansas, what do we got? Yeah, this is the third race of the season on the cookie cutter mile and a half track. And you can actually include Fontana in that as well. Uh, but the Atlanta race that was run was using a super speedway package. So it's not the same as Las Vegas. So Las Vegas is pretty much what we're going on, what I'm going on. And the top five from there, I'm very happy with to happen similar here, especially Kyle Busch. I like the way he ran in practice yesterday. I think he had the second uh, fastest, uh, third fastest uh, 10 consecutive lap average. Larson had the second best. And the, the best was Christopher Bell. Now, Christopher Bell was 25 to one. He's dropped all the way down to nine to one at Caesars Books because he's on the pole as well. So he's going to lead a bunch of early laps. I don't know if they can withstand, but what we've seen in some of these uh, races, or particularly Las Vegas, Alex Bowman, uh, Carl Larson probably had the best car that day, but Bowman kept getting better and better with each pit stop. And by this final one, he had the fastest car on the track and real Dane Larson passed him, went into overtime and uh, got the win. So something to look forward there, but Bell's got a really fast car here. And uh, also Chastain, I got him, I got Bowman. I got about six drivers here. Lowers my odds, so somebody, you know, if Bowman wins, 16 to one odds, I probably get end up about nine to one odds on him after I uh, total all the other losses. So looking forward to it, NASCAR racing, let's go. Yeah, hey, you know what? Hey, nine to one with all that insurance that you have built in? Yeah, bad at all, man. That's a great job there. All right, Bowman. Now, speaking of that, okay, speaking of how any of us, as betters ultimately decide like how we think a team is going to win a bet is going to hit. Like I want your insight here, Bob, because everyone's kind of different. You know what I mean? In your process here, but I want to hear about yours and what you think about that. Bring it down. Yeah, 100%. Um, and shout out to TTG Snipes for asking this question. What leads you to ultimately choosing a team to win? So I think this is a really good question because there's a misconception that there's always just one thing that gets you on a game. Um, personally, all sorts of different things can officially get me on a team to win. Um, ideally, I like to look at starters, bullpen, and lineups uh, and determine if one team has a significant advantage and see how that relates to the line. Usually, when all three, when one team has an advantage in all three, the team is an extremely heavy favorite. So, say if I'm looking for an underdog, I like to look at two of the three or think the third is negligible. Um, if I'm really on the edge, what I like to do is play out different game scenarios in my head. So essentially what the sports line model does when they sim the game 10,000 times, I like to do that in my head and think about all the possible ways the game could be played out, uh, which relievers will face which batters, which hitters are my key hitters that I need to hit to win the game, which relievers will appear and how long the manager will need the starter to go. Um, I would think about how hot certain players are and if they're lefties or, and righties and if that starting pitcher is able to neutralize them because of that. Um, but really, there isn't ever one specific thing that gets me on a game. So I like to check all my bases before getting on a game. So the answer really is there are tons of different things that get me on a game. Yeah, it, it, and that makes complete sense. And, you know, I, I was following you on Twitter yesterday. I mean, I follow you every day, but, you know, I was watching your commentary in regards to the Braves game, right? And you were you were you were breaking down like how you went about exactly what you just said, simulating that game beforehand, right? And if you're their manager, Snitker, and you're thinking, okay, who is the reliever? Will Smith? Yep. Right. Exactly. Who who just got rocked like the night before. And in your head, you're like, okay, well, you got a clean, fresh bullpen. It's not gonna be Smith. Let's attack with other people. 
what do the Braves do? They bring in Smith, right? And like, yeah. just start giving up runs. Yeah. Go, like, what were your thoughts there breaking that down? Yeah, exactly. So my theory there is Colin McHugh and I believe it was Matzik hadn't pitched uh, and they were rested. So my thought is that he's going to bring in one of the rested guys who hasn't faced this lineup yet, as opposed to giving Will Smith the second chance. The only thing is, I understand why he's doing it. He wants to build confidence for Will Smith later in the season, let him know that he's going to go right back to him. But at the same time, it's tough to instill confidence in a guy when he just got rocked by the same team. He's pitching against the same batters and he's not as rested as yesterday. He's pitching two days in a row. So it's just a tough situation for him. I did not think that was going to happen, but luckily we got the win. Yeah, he did. And that was a nice job on that. And you know, it's funny, man, like being here in Nashville, a lot of my friends, like they're all Braves fans. You know what I mean? Because there's no MLB team here yep. in Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, everybody's a Braves fan, right? So like on our group text and everything, like as soon as Will Smith came in, like I was watching your commentary on Twitter and like, as soon as it was looking like it was going South, like all my boys, they were like, Nope, get him out, get him out, get him out. Like, this is bad. So it's funny, man. Yeah. But no, that's great info from you. Uh, appreciate that every single time that we can get it, man. That's it's valuable, valuable, man. All right. So, before we get into our picks for today, let's take a quick break and a little bit of message. We'll be right back. And we are back. All right. So we have two site plays for you today coming at you. First one, game seven, Penguins at the Rangers. All right. 7 p.m. Eastern puck drop. We're going to take the Rangers on the money line at minus 140. All right. New York, 69% straight up as a favorite this season. Rangers, 60% straight up versus Pittsburgh. And look, I think Pittsburgh had his chance to win the series, uh, especially game six. I know that the Sidney Crosby wasn't out there. Uh, I don't know if Pittsburgh wants to go back to New York for game seven. It's going to be a tough one. So let's take the Rangers on the money line there. Second, we're going to the MLS. And this is courtesy of our man, Brant Sutton, who's been on fire lately. Uh, the New England Revolution at the Atlanta United. All right. It's a 130 Eastern uh, kickoff here. And we're going to go over two and a half goals. Priced at minus 140. Now, courtesy of Brandt, he says, look, New England scored two or more goals in six straight games. Atlanta scored two or more goals in five of its last six at home. Let's ride that. Let's take the over two and a half and knock those out. All right. So, M squared, I can't do it like coach. And I certainly don't have the voice for it this morning. But you know the drill, son. Hey, give it to me. All right, we're going to hit that NASCAR race that Mike has talked about here. I'm taking Kyle Busch minus 120 over his teammate, Denny Hamlin. Love Denny here as well today. I love all the JGR cars. I think they're going to crush in this setup here. Uh, they've been very good on intermediate tracks, but Kyle Busch has been one of the fastest cars really over the last month of the season. He's been really, really strong. Also haven't seen a ton of mistakes from his team on the pick row like we have for the Denny Hamlin team here. Uh, look, I just think that they're going to lead some laps. I think it's going to be a great setup for him. I also think it plays into his favor just a little bit. Uh, Micah mentioned the Las Vegas race, obviously a home track for him. This one comps really close to that, but we're having a ton of storms, like heavy storms, hail, heavy rain right now. That's not going to be an issue for the race itself, other than the fact that it's definitely going to wash away some of the rubber on the racetrack. I would expect to see a competition caution early in this one here. Things like that and a little bit of the unknown definitely give the edge to Kyle Busch in this setup. So give me Busch minus 120 over his teammate, and I don't hate sprinkling at some plus money over Kyle Larson. There we go. I like it, man. I like it. All right, Micah, coming over to you, buddy. You got one play, NBA. What you got? 
Going to Phoenix Suns, man. And it's basically what happened in game six. Uh, they've had two days to stew on it. The horrible performance, 22 turnovers, the most they've had in a playoff game since 2000. Absolutely horrendous. Lazy team, uh, two steals, three block shots. That is not the Phoenix Suns. They pretty much gave up. And you saw the last four games now, um, which the Suns have lost three of them. After winning 11 straight against the Mavericks, they won seven straight at home. But you saw Chris Paul kind of get some of the punk taken out of him uh, with the, the, the penalty, the, the officials, three of the last four. It hasn't been in favor of Chris Paul. He hasn't been able to reach his stats like we normally see out of him. He hasn't taken over since game two. So somebody to look forward. You got a, a veteran here. He's going to step up and play a good game but I think it really centers around Devin Booker and he has to get his game going uh him and Donkic have had some words and some uh, back and forth there and I think it's got him out of his rhythm a little bit we need to see that Booker from game five when he was odd they won by 30 in that game and that's what we've seen in this entire series is a home team winning and covering and the game's not being very close and I think we need to see something like that here for the Suns if the Suns are battling if it's tied um, you know, I'm going to try to get off the game because down the stretch there, Donkage once they get going, but the, you got to you got to take them out by the third quarter, and I think they can, and I think they're going to win big here, blowout city, got to win by 15 or more, I think, to beat the Mavericks here because uh, if it gets down close, it's going to be a tough game, but I, I think they will, and it's just one of those things. Those guys step up. I haven't, you know, other than the, the finals last year, I haven't seen them not step up in a big game after. A horrible loss. So this is uh, one of the most horrible losses that we've seen out of the Suns this year. Lazy. They're going to change that, and you're going to see Mikel Bridges step up, maybe even Jay Crowder. Aiton's been the only steady guy every single game. So I look for the complete package and a wipeout by the Suns tonight. I tell you what, I can't wait to watch it. You know, and it's fascinating. You know, in this series between the Mavs and the Suns, the home team, they've won all six games. They've covered all six games, yeah. and they've won all six games by six, seven, seven points or more. Yes. I think it might be nine points or more. Like Seven, it, it's seven points, but the other two games were, you know, 20, 30-point blowouts. Um, and, the, you know, same thing with the Mavericks. So, it's uh, yeah, it's time for the Suns to step up. Yeah, no, no doubt, right? And exactly what you just said. Game five in Phoenix, the Suns win by 30. Game six in Dallas, the Mavs win by 27. That's a 57-point winning margin difference, right? Like home, like the home court matters that much? I guess it does, you know. Does. So, I, yeah, I feel you on that play. All right, Johnny B, Major League Baseball, two plays, two money lines. Hit us, man. What you got? Yeah, let's do it. We're going to take a favorite and underdog here. We're going to go with Rockies minus 140 versus the Royals. We're running it back here again. The Rockies have the highest weighted on base average in the league against lefties, and they face lefty Daniel Lynch today. The Rockies are also much better at home going 12 and 6 while they're just 5 and 10 on the road. In the past three weeks, the Rockies still have the highest weight on base average in the league against lefties. So not only have they been hitting lefties all year, but in the last three weeks as well. The Royals hit better against lefties, as we saw on Friday, but they still don't hit them well, ranked just 24th in the league. Daniel Lynch has seriously struggled in two of his three road outings this season, and Coors Field is the toughest road outing assignment of them all. Uh, Austin Gomber thrives at Coors Field, and he's pitched three quality starts in his last four appearances. I like the Rockies at home here. And my second play is the Mariners plus 120 versus the Mets. The Mariners have actually been playing the series really close and they won on Friday. They could have won yesterday. 
I'm kicking myself for not playing the Mariners on Friday, though, because the Mets were facing a lefty in Marco Gonzalez. And the Mets crush righties, but they're actually one of the worst teams in the league against lefties. They have just the fifth worst weighted on base average against lefties in the league this season and the fifth worst weighted on base average in the last three weeks against lefties this season. So Robbie Ray has pitched really well and outside of one outing against the lefty crushing White Sox and the Mariners bullpen is just as good as the Mets, the back end. So if not better, so the Mariners bullpen is also completely available while the Mets have some issues. They have multiple pitchers that could be unavailable and if they do pitch, they're very worked. So I love the value on the Mariners here. Yeah, and Robbie Ray, uh, when when in his starts, I believe what the Mariners are close to sixty percent straight up, somewhere around there, right? Like it, it's been it's been solid for them so far. Uh, now, okay, I promised everyone a special surprise from the coach. Okay, so for anybody new joining us, our fearless leader here has been welcomed in his hometown. Okay, to be the Grand Marshal of the parade celebrating. The success uh, of, I want to make sure I get this right, McPherson High School, all right, I believe between their men's and women's basketball teams, they've won 22 state championships in the last 50 years. So it's been a huge celebration for everybody coming back, and Coach was honored as the Grand Marshal. And look, respect, man. It's awesome. Fantastic. We love it. We love him. Proud of him. But you know what? Got a little special surprise here because our man, has been thinking about the early edge and he'll be back hosting on Monday morning, but you know, he had to get a pick in and check this out right here. What's good, everybody. It is your boy, the coach, your fearless leader. I know I've missed the show for a couple of days, but I've been doing this. I'm back in my high school gym, the famed roundhouse in McPherson, Kansas, where we just celebrated this weekend, 22 boys and girls state championships in the last 50 years of which I was a part of two. But right here, right now, for the first time in the history of the early edge, we're going to make a pick from my high school gym. So today, 1235 Central, I believe, is the start time. Houston, Washington, Astros, Nationals, over eight. Our simulations show it's going to be 9.8, 9.9. You're giving me all that cushion, and you're giving me these pitchers. We'll take the over eight. And look up there, 1991. State champions. We cashed that ticket all those years ago, and we're going to cash that ticket today. AB, back to you. Dude, he's the absolute best. I love him. I absolutely love him, man. Fantastic. I'm proud of him. We're all proud of you, Coach. Well done. And we'll see you back here Monday morning, as usual, hosting the show. All right, everybody, grab your paper, grab your pencil. Let's take a look at the recap here. And it is glorious. M squared. Mike is on. Kyle Busch minus 20 versus Denny Hamlin today in NASCAR. John Baldwin on the Rockies money line minus 140. Mariners money line plus 120. Michael Roberts is on the Suns minus six. You just heard coach. He's on the Astros Nationals over eight. Our two side plays. The New York Rangers money line minus 140. And the Revolution United in the MLS over two and a half goals at minus 140 as well. And the AB3. Plus 200 today, all right? We're going New England Revolution, Atlanta United, over two and a half. We're going to ride Brand Sutton's play there. Suns on the money line. And we're taking the New York Rangers on the alternate spread of plus one and a half. So essentially, Revolution, United, come on. Come through for us. Get over these two and a half goals, and we should be good to go. So, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. It's about all the damage that we could do. So, fellas, everybody. 
as always, best of luck. Let's cash these tickets.